Welcome to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and the Oscar nominations were announced earlier this week with the Academy Awards ceremony about a month away, on Sunday, February the 26th. And today we're going to take a look at all nine of the nominees for Best Picture. Nine wine expert Haley Hamilton Cogill. We love Oscar season yes, in the Cogill household. And Gary and I have seen all nine of the Best Films nominees, and, and we paired many of them with their perfect wine selections on previous shows. We've talked about most of them, including La La Land and Arrival, Hidden Figures and Lion. But with nine Best Picture nominees, how many films do you think were left out? And I think we're also going to get to a couple. We, we teased a few films last week on the show that we're going to get to in a couple weeks, but yeah. we thought with the nominations coming out that this was perfect and timely and and let's just kind of fly. Yeah, we're going to answer those questions about what we thought was left out or in films that were left out. But, oh boy, that's a good time to fly with the Oscars. It's a good question. But let's begin with a terrific film that received four nominations, including one for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Actress. Those are heavy-duty categories. And Best Adapted Screenplay. And it's a tough one. It's called Fences. And I'm going to say right up front, I'm a big fan of this film. And the more I think about it, the better it gets and the knock on the film is that it does look like a stage play. It looks like a stage play. Also, it's interesting because um, Denzel Washington was nominated for Best Actor, but not Best Director. Not Best Director. Mel Gibson was, but he was not. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little surprised at that. Yeah. Um, if I was to give it one more, because it received four Oscar nominations, it, it should have probably received five. But it's not going to win for, it, it shouldn't have been nominated for cinematography or music score. Right, or, right. Or maybe a little editing, but... Yes, it's a claustrophobic film. The play's cost claustrophobic. It's based on August Wilson's stage play, which was performed in, I think, the 90s, 80s and the 90s with James Earl Jones mm -hmm. and won a Tony and won a Pulitzer Prize mm -hmm. and then re had its revision on Broadway, mm -hmm. Revival, and with Denzel and Viola. In mm -hmm. fact, almost everybody yeah, in this cast, movie was sure. on Broadway and they won the Tony Award for it again. And Viola Davis and Denzel Washington are so good in this film. Everybody's good in this she film. She is great in this film. But she is off the chart. Yeah. But it's one of those movies that you can watch multiple times and you'll get more things out of it. In fact, watch it once and just watch him. Mm -hmm. And watch it once and just watch her and you'll have a deep appreciation. It's so hard, I think though. Uh, it's, it's so, so hard, hard to watch for what, But it's the appreciation for what great language is. Mm -hmm. And August Wilson won a Pulitzer Prize for this. And I don't care if it was a stage play and... I don't care. It's just it we don't hear like play on we don't hear writing like this very right. often. It's good words, and it's. I mean, that's just it. You have to really just appreciate yeah. the language. Which you're right. A lot of films are are more about what what's going on on screen instead of just the words that are spoken. So August Wilson wrote, I think, nine different plays in this kind of canon of plays about, and and uh, this is the first one to ever be made in a film. So we'll see whether the commitment. It's it's done really well. I think it's over 50 or $60 million yeah. was probably made for a third of that. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's good. Yes, tough. And I think we could, uh, I think, I think we could say that if it wasn't nominated for best picture, we would be really surprised right sure. now. Sure. Yeah. yeah it, even just seeing the trailer, you knew yeah. that this was one that would, would get. I don't think it has a chance of winning the Oscar for Best Picture. Well, I, I don't think so, and I think it's because we we know the the favorite that we'll get to a little well, bit we're later get to in that. the show. But I mean, all these films are <clears> worthy. Uh, the, the next one is Lion. I think Lion's a very worthy film. Mm -hmm. Lion Lion's that film that came out a little bit late, mm -hmm. 
but then gathered a lot of steam Has at the end. Has got a lot of momentum, exactly. And six Oscar nominations, mm-hmm. including Best Picture, mm-hmm. not Best Director. Uh, but the, but the story is so beautiful. you think that sweet little boy should have gotten nominated instead of Dev Patel or with Dev Patel? Because Dev Patel got nominated for Well, supporting. you can't nominate them together. I know you no, want no, to. No, but yeah. no, oh, no, absolutely alongside. not. not yeah, I mean, yeah. I thought that the little boy was as good as Dev Patel. That's, I do too. That's my question. It's, yeah. I mean, I thought that, that that charming young boy, for being as young as he has yeah. played that character so well. But and I, I appreciated yeah. what Dev Patel did, and I think that he's a great actor, but I... I yeah, I think you can make that case. Yeah. But they yeah. can only have five, and you've got to throw somebody out of there. So mm-hmm. would I have nominated him over Dev Patel? I don't think That's so. That's a question, okay. Yeah, and I don't think so. And, and of course, the story is written... You know, the real-life kid grew mm-hmm. up and wrote this story mm-hmm. about his own life and mm-hmm. worked on the screenplay, and it's... I want to say the director's from Australia. His name's Garth Davis, not Garth Brooks. And uh, Nicole Kidman got a nomination mm-hmm. for this. It's a great music score. You know what I love about this film is, you know, the idea of growing up, getting lost at the age of, what, five? Mm-hmm. And then he gets on a train and goes over a thousand miles away and wakes up in Bang- in uh, Calcutta, mm-hmm. gets thrown in an orphanage, and then adopted by an Australian couple. And then in his, like, late 20s or 30, f- gets on Google Earth and starts remembering what his neighborhood looked like as a five-year-old and went and found it and okay. found his mom. Right. And it's, you know, I think, and I, when we, wow. we talked about this film uh, a couple of weeks ago on the show, I think both of us kind of were so, there was so much kind of angst in watching this film because you didn't know there was, if he was going to end up okay, there were so many opportunities for him to have just fallen into horrible hands. So and much not peril in, along exactly, the way. Exactly. And, yes. and, and not ended up in an orphanage and not ended up with this wonderful family. Like there was so much, there was so much nervousness for this, this precious child that he kind of, you know, he ended up in a really good place, which I then found interesting just in, in the course, throughout the course of the film. And I haven't read his book, but um, but in watching the film, you know, he had a really good life. You know, the it seemed like that family was was really really good to him. But I guess you always want to know where you came from. You yeah. always have a have have a have to have a sense of of uh, of place, yeah. and especially you know, I, I think that a lot of children that are adopted probably go through this. But in this case, it wasn't because his. You know, parents gave him up for adoption. It was simply because he and he got felt lost. guilty his whole life. Yeah, yeah, because he and knew then his, his family mom felt was looking for him for yeah. all those years too. Uh, really it's, well done. I think the whole thing too uh, is that final statement. The last ten minutes of the movie is a final statement that is so joyful and so mm-hmm. wonderful and unique. It's, yeah. It doesn't happen in movies very often. Yeah. We both like hidden figures very much so. a lot. And another film, the more we think about it, it only got three nominations. But uh, Octavia Spencer got one, and and screenplay I think got one, right? And best picture. But I'll also say, you know, it's it's I love that it got nominations because it is such a mainstream kind of film, and I think that was something that we we kind of talked about when we when we first um, kind of broke down the film a few weeks ago was that it had it, it's such a a mainstream kind of film with also a really good message, but the message isn't beating you over the head, which I appreciate. In this. Appreciate it so much. I we both sat there kind of angry at the end of the movie. Why didn't we know the story? Right, right. Which is kind of silly to be angry for no, non knowledge. But, 
But now we know, mm-hmm. and it's what you do with it with it now. And you know, it's 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 back when John Glenn's trying to go into space, and they had a whole group of African American women that were not even allowed to be at Langley in Virginia, and they're called human computers, computers. Which I understand they started the human computer movement around 1935, mm-hmm. and so that was a everybody knew kind of about that. I've never heard of that mm-hmm. term before mm-hmm. until now. And the smartest women in the room were these African-American women who solved all these logistical problems Mm -hmm. to bring John Gunn back and keep space, keep the space race going. I, Kevin Costner is really good in this film. He serves a good purpose, but it's really about these three ladies. Mm -hmm. And way to go Pharrell. Well, and and producing this film and doing music. And so Octavia Spencer was nominated, but there were three kind of main. Taraj B. Henson could have been, and I, I'd be happy if she would have been one of them. Mm You know, I, of the three, do you think that Octavia Spencer gave the best performance? I'm splitting like hairs here. Of, I'm yeah. happy with any, either one of them. I would have personally put Taraj B. Henson in there rather than Octavia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they all three deserved it. Mm-hmm. But once again, when you put somebody in, you got to take somebody sure. out. So who would you take out? And I, you know, it's a tough category. So we're big fans of this film. This film's making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And it's PG. You yeah. can take anyone to it. And you should. If you have yeah. kids, take your kids to see this film because it is such an important story. It's, and it's and yes. it's told in a very entertaining way. So yeah. yeah. And it's and it's a difficult subject told in just the mainstream beautiful I I I think it's a really hard film to make and they pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Uh how much uh I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Hacksaw Ridge. So this is Mel Gibson's movie. It's up for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Six nominations. Andrew Garfield also. So all of this alienation of Mel Gibson appears to be somewhat <laughs> over because he's nominated for Best Director, Andrew Garfield. Happy mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. But it's that true story of the battle in Okinawa and it's World War II and this guy, because for religious reasons, was a conscientious objector. He didn't object to war. He objected to killing. To fight, yeah. So he went as a medic. And he saved 75 people in the Battle of Okinawa. He's the only, I want to say, conscientious objector mm-hmm. to ever get the Medal of Honor. Hmm. I mean, his story is really, really extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, it's Mel Gibson. He did Braveheart, and he's done some pretty— He knows pretty, how to make movies. <laughs> he, made, he knows how to make pretty good movies and tough movies. Mm-hmm. He's kind of in your face, and so the violence in here is really, really tough, as it should be. Mm-hmm. It's Okinawa, and it's a combat movie. Um, at the same time, I kind of think it's a little too long and a little too over the top, but I get the story and I think the story is magnificent, just like the story in Hidden Figures is magnificent. But this is a tough R-rated combat movie. I'm a, I'm not surprised it was nominated because it's been nominated in all these other awards mm-hmm. ceremonies. So, um, but of all these best picture nominees, it's one of the lesser ones for me. Mm-hmm. Now. How much do we love Hell or High Water? <laughs> we, have, we have seen this film over and over. We've talked about it nonstop. Mm-hmm. It's Taylor Sheridan from Fort Worth Pascal High School. Nice. Who wrote it. Nice. He wrote Sicario. Mm-hmm. He wrote this, and then he's directing his new film, which is at Sundance right mm-hmm. now. So it's part of his Texas trilogy, Sicario being great. But this film is everything that's great about movies. And when you go to theater, you don't know what you're seeing. You walk out going, man, I can't wait to call everybody Tell everybody to go see a movie called Hell or High Water. Yeah, run and, run and go see this film. And if you haven't seen it, then then find it on demand because it's awesome. It is. And it deserves to be up for Best Picture. Um, the director's not. Um, but but uh, but it's up for Best Picture and... And Jeff Bridges Jeff is nominated. Bridge, you know, Jeff Bridges is so... I think any other year he might win, and right. he still has a chance in here. He's right at the top. Mm-hmm. 
But that's, you know, it's it's a bank robbing movie in Midland, Odessa. Unfortunately, it's shot in New Mexico. Right. So when they rob a bank in Midland, you can see the mountains in the background. But it's a bank robbing, they're bank robbers, but they but they have a really good reason <laughs> to rob those banks. And, well, and they're so, still pulling out their guns. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 it's they're bad guys they're, with a good idea. They're bad guys with good intentions. Is that what they are? I think so. I think so. And I think I mean you know because Chris Pine who who's great in this. And I think it's the best ben thing Foster. Chris Pine's ever been in. Well, I don't know. I do like Star Trek. I love Star Trek, but, um, but I think this is the best film. It's a, I think this is the best performance I've ever seen Chris Pine give. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he might be the third best in the film because mm-hmm. yeah, Ben, ben, ben Foster fantastic was not nominated. Probably should have been. This couldn't have gotten a few other nominations, but it's screenplay and editing and those kinds of things. But man, wow! I mean, I—it's not no country for old men. It's a little—it's a little more accessible than right. that. Well, and I appreciate it because that's you know the Chris Pine character who is yes, he's a bank robber, he's a bad guy, but he constantly—I think he has a, a conversation at some point with his son that says, you know, you're going to hear things about me, and I am a bad guy, but I'm a bad guy, so you can be a better one, and and that's kind of the. You know how many parents have always wanted something, have wanted something more for their kids. Not that his, not that how he goes about oh, making no. sure his kids are in a better place. No, it's death and chaos. Um, yeah, but but there's 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 a nice sweetness to to this film, and and it's also you know kind of dusty West Texas. It does. It has a great music score too. It has uh, two of the best waitresses. <laughs> In the history of movies, yeah, and especially one of them. They're mm-hmm. just they have small parts, but boy, are they important and monumental in the movie. And you sympathize with them. Mm-hmm. And once again, you have sympathetic characters that are robbing banks, and then you have a highly sympathetic character because it's Jeff Bridges who kind of mumbles. Can't really understand a lot. <laughs> you know, he's kind of mumbling over, drinking his shiner beer the whole time, like that, like just chewing back and then, and but gets to his point, and his and his buddy, his sidekick. I, I think all this stuff is just smartened up. There, there, there's a final scene in this movie about about verbal confrontation and about morals and about anger. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's about forgiveness or not. I haven't figured it out. But it, it, it's about the tough stuff. And, and when these two characters face off at the end of the movie verbally, uh, it's everything a great probably shootout is. I, I, I just lo- I love it verbally. I love everything about it. So here's my question to you, Haley. Uh, fences, lion, hidden figures... Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water. What's the best of those five films? What do you think? I don't know. Dramatic, dramatic pause. They're, well, they're also they're they're so completely different. They're, they are. Um, but if you were voting and you only had these five to vote on, because we have some more to get to. Yeah. Um, gosh. Am I putting you on the spot? Yeah, just because I think that they're they're also different. They're all made in such different manners, uh, in a such different manner that that I'll list them. It's hard to. Well, yes. Let's have the expert. Oh well, we I use just, that term. I just talk about wine. <laughs> we use that term loosely. So the best vintage here, the best bottle here, is uh, Hell or High Water. Out of these, more so than fences. Right after that is fences. I think so. Uh, right after that is is uh, probably. Maybe hidden figures, I'd move it up, and then I put Lion and I put Hexar Ridge. See, but I don't know if the it it because that what what's difficult is Hell or High Water is a film that I would watch again, and we have watched it multiple times, mm-hmm. and I I like the you know I like the script, I like I think the words in Fences are so good, I think the angst in in Fences is so good, I think the the emotion 
the raw emotion of of wanting something that you just never get like right. that's so intense and so deep that I don't know which one of those is better. I, I, I think it's just movie making for me. Just a straight movie making. Mm-hmm. Hell or High Water just ranks slightly above Fences. I'm not saying it's more important or has more profound stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the characters are more important. Mm-hmm. They're all important. But as a filmmaking experience, I'm a big fan of Hell or High Water. Hey, when we come back, and did I say hey? Haley. Hey. <laughs> Haley. When we come back on One in Film, A Perfect Parent, a look at the other four nominees for Best Picture, and that includes a record tying 14 nominations for the movie with music. You can call it a musical if you want, but it's called La La Land, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. The 89th Annual Academy Award nominations were announced earlier this week with nine films up for Best Picture. One of those tied Titanic and All About Eve with the most nominations for all time. Fourteen. Fourteen. Fourteen is a Wow. <laughs> that's a lot. Gary, I, and it's for La La Land, and I loved La La Land. I think that, that, that it absolutely deserved all 14 nominations for every category it was included in. I love it. But do you think it deserved that many? I, I, I'm kind of surprised it got 14. Mm-hmm. I was thinking between 10 and 12, and I would, that's a lot. Yeah. But uh, tie the all time record. And yes, in this kind of year, because La La Land is completely different than any movie we're going to talk about today. Yeah. It is unique, it's original. And, and let me just wax a few things on my mind. So it is completely original because we've never heard any of those songs before. And most musicals, Chicago, Les Mis, I mean, all of them usually start on Broadway, end up in film. Rarely are they ever original. We we have no clue going into a movie theater what that music is even going to sound like. For. And then it's written and directed by a 31-year-old. And and the composer and lyricist are young. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this music, I, I start thinking halfway through, this isn't really a musical. It's a movie that has music and songs in it. But like... Most musicals, uh, the libretto is sung the entire way, mm-hmm. but this has a lot of dialogue. And it's not, I'm going to tell you a bunch of things it's not. It's not singing in the rain. It's not really old-fashioned, but I think it pays tribute to old-fashioned, mm-hmm. yet it's completely new and original. And I really think it's a 20-something movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a 20- and 30-something movie, and I'm older than that. And I think movies are in great hands because of this film. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't tell you how many people we've talked to, we've talked to so many. Well, who walked out and went, just kind of went, well, that wasn't singing in the rain, or that wasn't, the, and they, they list all the things that it's not. And I, my feeling always is movies are what they are, not what you want them to be. Right. You have to evaluate what's in front of you, not what you dream they might be. Well, and I think that because I've heard a few things like, oh, it's just like watching an episode of Glee and that they're, no! having, they're having a dialogue and then all of a sudden you break into to song and dance. And, and, and you're right. I think that people in their minds think, what's a musical? A musical is hairspray. A musical is grease. A musical is singing in the rain. A musical is something that, that is the the song is as important as the song is the most important thing and i think the music in this is absolutely important but there's also a lot of 
there's just a lot of life that's also a part of this. The 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 story of both of these main characters and and how they go about fulfilling their dreams, which I think is you just difficult. said the most profound thing. Uh, I'm I'm having a, a moment here. I'm having a Cogill's moment. <laughs> But you just said most musicals, the song is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true and not true for this. Mm -hmm. Because I think what's going on between the two of them and what's going on there in their life facilitates the song, Mm -hmm. brings out the song. Right. And a song, the songs in this movie are like a great set or Mm -hmm. like great cinematography. They enhance enhance what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's not true in really most Most or all musicals. Mm -hmm. And that's why it it just takes, you have to kind of tilt your head a look little bit and look at this film a little bit differently and let it just bathe over you because the colors are stunning. It's They're primary film. colors. Uh, it takes really, I think, two showings, maybe three to figure out the music. Mm-hmm. And then the last 20 minutes of this film are both euphoric and melancholy mm-hmm. in a really wonderful way. You know, I don't think you leave La La Land feeling bad about life <laughs> and wanting to apologize to everybody in the world for how horribly we've treated them. Right. You leave thinking, man, that was something. Yeah, I just I just experienced something that I don't know how to put it in a box because it doesn't deserve it's to be put in a unique. box. Yeah, completely unique. And now the, the the songs that aren't that important are now earworms for right. you, oh for my you gosh. and I. Well, that's what's also I think what how you started and and the music that is completely original that we had never heard before and now I cannot get it out of my head. It's it's so it's so much a part of of our playlist now, mm-hmm. which is also kind of interesting. Like, We've been listening to the soundtrack at home. Yeah, and 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 loving it. It's like the perfect. Um, it's the perfect start to a dinner party because it makes me very happy. I want it to. Does. I want to have this kind of this kind of eu- euphoric joy, and and I think that it it brings that to. So you. if I just look at you and you're in the kitchen, I go dun 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 yeah. dun 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 dun. dun, dun. <laughs> you're cooking. Yeah, I've got and and. I think that that's that's what great music. Yeah, that's what great. Music I would love does. to see her win the Oscar for this. I don't think he will because it's too hard a category. But they're both nominated. Right. Ryan Gosling. Right. Let me ask you this: If Ryan Gosling and say they went after two singer dancers, because I don't think of Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling as heavy singer dancers, and they're both fine. Mm-hmm. They both can sing. They both can. Right. Play. But they're not Broadway show tune right. people. That's not their. If they went after two people that could do that, would this film have been better? See, I don't. I think that uh, I'll I'll say if a little bit of a uh, maybe a as I went into this, mm-hmm. like I thought the two of them together in um um uh what with with Steve Carell, yeah, with Steve and, Carell, and yeah. Isabella Rossellini, no, or no, no, uh, no, no, um, Julianne Moore, Julianne and, Benoche was and, in that film. No, no, Julianne, I don't know what you're thinking of. Julianne Moore, Steve Carell, yeah, we'll come up with um, it. Um, uh, the, the Marissa Tomei. Yeah, uh, we know what you're talking about. Oh God, what's it called? They were so cute together. They were, they so, were cute. so, and she looks at him, and you know he has a shirt off, and she's like, "Come on, can you really be that beautiful?" Um, yeah, because he's shown his abs yes, in that movie, um, and he teaches the other. He teaches the, the other, other guy, guy how, yeah, to, how to be a player. Yes, right. um, but there, I think any person who had seen that film already kind of went into seeing La La Land as, okay, we know these two people have great chemistry. We know these people are going are, are gonna to be adorable on, on screen together. And the fact that the two people that, yeah, I wouldn't have, have pegged to sing and dance. Um, 
Are you talking about crazy, stupid yes, love? Yes, thank you. Thank um, you. Took a while. I, yes. Uh, that, I went into this knowing I would love it because I love the two of them together. Yeah. And they're both very likable figures. Uh, I'm going to think that the film wouldn't be as good. It would be different. Mm-hmm. And it might be it might be as good, but on a different but level. But who would you even, who who would you oh, have I, even, I, I, I know that you game. can't. Yeah. Um, I, I can't even do that. I think they're, because once again, the, the songs are not the most important thing in the film. And they're actors and mm-hmm. they pull all that stuff. There's mm-hmm. some really serious, beautiful scenes in that movie. I, I, I love it. I, I think it's film to beat for the Oscar for Best Picture. It gets my vote, number one. I th- I know it gets your vote, probably. Yes, I love it. Who else? Can we talk about Moonlight? Yes. So Moonlight is eight Oscar nominations. This is the one that could beat La La Land, because it won the Golden Globe for drama. La La Land won musical comedy, which is a weird category anyway. <laughs> but it's, it's I don't want to say three generations, but it's the life of a young African-American boy growing up. His mother is a crackhead. His mentor is her dealer. So start wrapping your head around this poor child growing up, but the dealer actually has a heart of gold. Yeah. And they're in the projects and they're trying to get out and he's trying to get out. And then it starts off with him as a young boy, moves to him as a teenager in high school, Mm -hmm. and then moves to him as an adult. Mm -hmm. The adult was, the adult, the actor that plays him was running around the track at UT Austin and a casting director walked up on the field and said, are you interested in auditioning for a movie? It was something else. And he didn't get it, but got this instead. Nice. And and I, I think Barry Jenkins' movie is kind of seamless, and it's everything that an independent, kind of an art house film is about. Mm-hmm. This is not a big budget, you know, musical. Right. It's a very small movie that's done very well, and it's won every award. Um, it's a difficult film, and it's a difficult life that this this guy, and he has a lot of challenges, even as an adult for him. Mm-hmm. But it's honest. And like a lot of films, it hurts a lot because it's told so well. Well, and there's this the storyline, and I don't really want to give a lot away just if anyone hasn't seen it yet, but I we do encourage everyone mm-hmm. to go see this film because yes. it, is, it is very, very well done. It takes a storyline, though, that I found to be very unexpected. And, um, and, and watching this young man grow up and, and really kind of appreciated that because it, it wasn't at all, you know, here's somebody who's struggling not to become a dealer and not to become a drug addict and not to be, not to end up in jail and not to, and yet in the midst all of all of that, he's also just struggling to figure out who he is and right. what kind of, what kind of person he's, he's going to be and how, how are you okay with that? So that actor, Marshala Ali, mm-hmm. who he's on... He's on House of Cards. He's Remy on House of Cards. He's Remy on House of Cards. I love him. I love him. He's al- also in Hidden he's Figures. He's also in Hidden Figures. Um, he is so good in this film. He's only in the film about 15, 20 minutes, and I think he's the front runner to win supporting, supporting. actor mm-hmm. over Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. One of those two will win, I think, that. But I, I, he is so good in this film, and I can't get his image out of my mind of taking this boy out to the ocean and teaching him to swim. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the small, little, thoughtful things. And he's, he's the drug dealer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this drug is a film. Drug dealers have hearts too. Right? Well, not, and in movies, I think movies are better because not everybody's evil and perfect. Yeah. You know, most of us are somewhere in between and we have our ups and downs. But, but he, Moonlight, if you're going to, if you want to know what's going on in the Oscar race this year, you have to see Moonlight because it got eight nominations and it deserves every That's single great. one of them. Mm-hmm. We like Manchester by the Sea a lot. 
Oh, it's it's but yeah. sad. I don't know sad, if I could watch it again. <laughs> sad, and it should be sad. Mm-hmm. It's an appropriate movie. You just have to know what you're getting into, and most people do now. A lot of people have seen this film. It's done there very is well. a lot of of depression in this year. There's a, I think it's true almost every year, but yes, this year. Yeah. These are hard films. These are hard films. And once again, like Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea, which I can't even compare those two films. They're, they're real different in tone. This is really slow. Um, it's, it's a slow burn because of what happens to him and her, mm-hmm. Michelle Williams. And they're both nominated. I think he's the one to win the Oscar for best, best actor. He, the only person that could beat him would be, I think, Denzel. Mm-hmm. But, and, and they're both great. But, but this one hurts so much because it feels so accurate. Yeah, it's just raw. It never feels like a movie. No. And it, this director, you know, Kenneth Lonergan, is really good at that. And I, I, he's up for best director. And I think it's his second or third best film. It's one of the top three, I think, mm-hmm. in the movies this year. So uh, that scene where they face off Michelle Williams, mm-hmm. who's also not in the film that much. They, not they, at all. They have a face off on the street that is so powerful and so raw and so real. And it comes and goes really quickly. Face off, yes. That they they aren't. I think that it's, it's a wrong word, it's but an so emotional confrontation. I don't know. They I don't even know it's like, a confrontation's but, word. Yeah, no, because there you can tell that that there are two people that once had so much love and then and then so and they much still hate. Do. And then how do you yeah. how do you struggle when when the person that you love the most. Well, they're in so much pain. Yeah, it disappoints you so much, but you're both in so much pain. I think there's a lot of forgiveness in that scene. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. at some point you need to, I guess, go through your life. You probably would have to confront somebody with that so much history with that person, and they do it on a street corner. Yeah. Well, and it's so it's we are big fans of Michelle Williams. I think she is incredible, and I think that for that, that just that one scene. That's so powerful, and she is you. I I just think that when she puts herself into something, she is all there. I do think Viola Davis has supporting actress as a runaway because yeah, she, she also is so raw and so emotional, and 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 you know she becomes that character so so much in Fences. But man, this she Michelle Williams was just so. You just it, even mm-hmm. thinking about it right now, my heart just hurts for the pain that you know that she is in. You and Michelle are friends. Oh well, you know we, you hung we out had a backstage moment. on Broadway and met her coming out <laughs> after a play, and it was it was magical. I still have the eight second video. Right. <laughs> All right, she's a, very tiny. A, a, she's very tiny and such a great actress. She's uh, incredible. Arrival is one of my favorite films of the year. Another film that a lot of people don't like. I don't know if they go in expecting something else, but I I. You know, it's not contact. It's not close encounters. It's its own thing. It's not Independence Day. I don't think it's a space movie because, <laughs> exactly. like, Field of Dreams is not really about baseball. It has a lot of baseball in it, and sometimes it is, but it's really about other things. It's about people and relationships. In this case, you know, a loss for her, a marriage for her, uh, sadness for her, a, discovery a for her. Complete discovery for her. I mean, and that's she's a the, brainiac. That's the amazing thing about this film is that she's she's. You you discover her entire life with her, and throughout the 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 course of this film, that also yes ends in tragedy, but also has a lot of joy. Has a lot of joy in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jeremy Renner's in it, and Forrest Whitaker's in it. I just and Den, Denis Villeneuve. I don't know. Den, I call him Dennis Villeneuve. 
which I'm butchering well, his I name. I think because it's like being. But he dir- he directed being... Sicario. Well, he's yes. French Canadian. Okay. That's he directed why Sicario, and now he. Sorry, di- we apologize. He just finished the sequel to Blade Runner. I want right. to say Blade Runner with, 2049 with, or something. With Ryan Gosling, right? With Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And, and the trailer's out now. Now, I think this is one of the great directors. The director of La La Land, Damien Chazelle, and director of Arrival are two guys. I'm, I'm, they're on my radar Side a lot. All right. So, and that was up, up for eight Oscars. And I thought, deserve, I, I think it deserved nine mm-hmm. because Amy, Amy Adams, Adams was not nominated. Mm-hmm. So, what's the film left out for you? Um, well, I know we thought that Nocturnal Animals was big time. Very, very. I could take maybe two or three films out of here and put Nocturnal Animals, in. Mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say which one because doesn't matter what I think. But I would take them out. I mean, I would take Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> did I start naming? You did. Them? You yeah. started naming them. Yeah. Um, I just think I just think Nocturnal Animals is great, and it's not everybody's cup of tea. But Tom Ford made a great film here, mm-hmm. and it only got one nomination from Michael Shannon right. for supporting, supporting. actor. Mm-hmm. And I think we thought maybe the other guy might get nominated, right? Interesting. Because he won, because the, he Golden won the Golden Globe. Globe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think Though I love Michael Shannon, and I'm excited. I thought it might get nominated for best screenplay mm-hmm. and cinematography, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, good stuff. it's it's. The the scenes of her at in her home in L.A. are quite quite beautiful. I'm surprised Jackie didn't get nominated because Jackie was a, talked about a lot, but it's always talked about in her terms. But she, yeah, and Natalie and she Portman was nominated, did get yeah. nominated for best actress, and I think that that's accurate. I I I think that that doesn't actually surprise me really? as much as maybe. Uh, you know, I, I know that you liked Sully a lot. I know that I love that, Sully. That we um, well, once again, you got to take one of these out to put right. it in. Yeah, I take out Hacksaw Ridge and put in Sully, or or Silence. Well, Silence is an acquired taste, and uh, and I will stand by that film because I think it's a top ten film, and I don't know anybody I'd take to see it, including you, which I did. Yes, thanks. Thanks but it's tough, that. man. It's just tough. <laughs> yes. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, but even there were some other films, just maybe not as much as best films, but even some of the the other, you know, I know you have to take one out to put one in, but like The Little Girl in Queen of Katwe, which I, I thought that was great? a very, I thought that was a, a lovely film. It was a surprising film. I, I, I do too. We weren't, I didn't know what to expect when we went David Oyelowo was great in that film. Exactly. You know, I think that there were some, there were, this was this was definitely a year of great women and and some really interesting performances and and American Woman American Women is that the name of the film yeah uh um uh, yeah the one with Annette Bening oh 20th century I'm woman. sorry 20th century woman could yes. have been in here really easy I I'm and I'm surprised that she didn't get it's really surprised a, she didn't. a nod yeah. um but then who who do you take out I think you love you know we we've yeah. talked about Meryl Streep and Florence Foster Jenkins earlier, and she's great in that. But. She's great in that, but I would put Amy Adams in there instead of her. Yeah, I'm glad Ruth Negga got nominated. Yeah, yeah, for loving because yeah. I think it's a great, great performance, and she's really the center of that film. So, uh, real quick questions for La La Land, Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea, Arrival. La La Land's your choice. Absolutely. In there. And I would think second choice for me, and there would be probably Moonlight, mm-hmm. and third would be Arrival for me personally, and then Manchester after that. I appreciate what Arrival. Arrival is also a film I'd never seen, though we've seen kind of sci-fi, alien kind of films. I I I appreciate the uniqueness yep. that Arrival brings. I think it has a lot to say. It's a story about language that um, that does say a lot. 
It says a lot about the power of language and that what you say right now holds great meaning. <laughs> Next week on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, Matthew McConaughey goes digging and he discovers gold in Indonesia while taking Wall Street by storm. Also, we just talked about her, but the great Annette Benning is terrific, I think, as a free-spirited parent from the late 1970s. It's called 20th Century Women. And as we noted, we have paired most of the films we talked about today over the past several weeks. So if you want to know what their perfect pairings are, please listen to some of our previous programs on RevolverPodcast.com. And if you missed our big Oscar show at the Arboretum, we're sorry we missed you. It was a great show. But we've got another one. We've got a, a big Oscar preview event that's going to come up on February 22nd. We're doing it with Studio Movie Grill. And we love the Studio Movie on Grill. On Royal Lane. Yeah. I think it's going to be a great time. Again, showing big trailers up on the screen, some great pairings, some little bites. It's going to be a good time. So we'll have details on our website and through Facebook. And for now, be sure to follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill and me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill. And as usual, I'm looking for the next great film. And I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing.